Welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast entitled Digital Work Futures, The Island's Perspective. I'm your host, David Crouch, and in each episode, I interview one of the many digital workers from the Gulf Islands of British Columbia. We examine how they have contended with remote work, entrepreneurship, along with working from home in order to live and thrive in our rural lifestyle. I'm pleased to welcome for the kickoff episode a long-term resident of Salt Spring Island, Holly McDonald, who boldly became a first-time entrepreneur when she moved here. Hello, Holly. Hi, David. Nice to talk to you today. It's great to talk to you, Holly. I should just mention to all the listeners that you and I have known each other some 20 years or so. Pleased to have you on. So, Holly, which came first, your current digital business, your training business, or your move to um, Salt Spring? They they kind of precipitated each other. Um, I decided I needed to change my lifestyle, change just sort of change direction and move to uh, to Salt Spring. And when we decided to do that, realized my corporate life, I couldn't do that where I was going to move to. So I needed to, to do something else. And, um, you know, I think the timing was, it was about 12 years ago, 2007. Uh, and, you know, there was really, um, my timing really matched the rise of the gig economy and, um, you know, sort of the freelancers um, spreading out. And so, um yeah things things just sort of coalesced uh from there but um i think moving really uh really precipitated it i don't know if i would have taken the leap if i didn't have to so you moved to salt spring obviously because you've been here for that length of time but were there other places i know originally you you were working as i was at the time in vancouver did you only look at salt spring or did you have a bunch of different places that you were considering <laughs> Oh, we had quite a process. So before we moved to Salt Spring, we had um, lived in Vancouver and bought a recreational property on Main Island. And uh, partly the the purchase was to um, see if we could alleviate some city stress, have a little bit of a getaway. Um, but as we spent more time there, we, we started to ask each other, uh, my husband and I, is is there a way that we could have a little bit more of a lifestyle like we're having on Main Island um, instead of just visiting it from time to time? And so we went through, um, you know, sort of a, a midlife crisis together and said, all right, you know, if we are going to look at um, a lifestyle that's a little bit more like Main Island, could it be on Main Island? And, you know, then we we developed a little bit of a, a process, sort of a, a logical and an emotional checklist, you could say. And we looked, we ended up looking uh, all up and down the Sunshine Coast. We looked at all the Gulf Islands. We looked at many communities on Vancouver Island um, and ultimately decided um, a smaller island was really what we were looking for. And Salt Spring had the services um, that we that we needed in order to stay connected to um, more urban uh, urban locations because if I was going to start a business, uh, I needed to be able to get into um, uh, into cities and, and cities that had major transportation connections um, easier. So that, that was kind of a primary decision point for us. So at that point, when you've made this decision to move here, had you already started the business or did you do it once you moved or tell us about moving from that from the corporate world into running your own business well uh we had made the decision to move and i told my current employer that we had done so and and gave them several months notice um and 
because I was so open about it, other people that I worked with who had moved on to different organizations or who were you know, still connected in the same organization, um, started asking whether or not, um, you know, what kind of work I would be doing, would I like to work with them? So I started the business August, uh, no, so I think July 1st, and then we moved August 1st. So it was, you know, it was fairly lockstep. Um, and the first year was great. I had uh, some nice meaty clients, some really interesting work, but uh, you may remember the year 2007, 2008 was not a particularly good year for, um, uh, you know, external consultants and certainly not those that were selling training services. So right. I had a rough year right. after the first year. So why don't you tell us briefly about what your digital business is here? So the primary thing that we do is build e-learning. And uh, I would say over the last three or four years, maybe even a little longer, the e-learning that we've been developing has been skewing much more towards um, targeting external audiences. So e-learning used to be a really big um, thing corporate-wise or, you know, with employee base because it was more um, efficient and, and, you know, it was driven a lot by compliance uh, type of training. But we've seen kind of this fusion of marketing and training coming together. So we help our clients um, who, you know, some of them do internal employee training, but lots and lots of them now are doing training for their customers or members or channel partners or a particular audience. Uh, and, And there are quite a few who are selling their training. So they're looking at developing an actual instructional product and having that be either, you know, something within their product suite that they offer or to support a core offering um, or even as sort of a value add piece. Um, And because most of what we're doing is building e-learning, we're able to do that uh, primarily remotely. So tell us now, because one of the things that I'm also interested in is how people get to where they are, particularly running their own businesses. What path did you take vocationally to get to where you are? Oh, well, I took the very useful um, Bachelor of of, uh, Arts with a political science um, specialty. So that prepared me for real life in no way whatsoever. Um, So uh, I think, you know, a lot of it was self uh, self-driven. I had the luck of working uh, for a fairly large organization um, kind of right out of university, and they were really um, kind of really innovative when it came to e-learning. I mean, this was in like the late 90s, and, and we had an LMS, and we, did, we built e-learning, and we had um, exposure to things that were fairly cutting edge at the time. So um, so that was a really good introduction for me. And then, um, you know, just the uh, personality wise, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, follow my curiosity and, and jump in and tinker with things. So um, I, I decided I would try running a business and um, just, you know, sort of see where it got me. And, and I think, you know, cumulative experience working in corporate and, you know, doing project management and, and things like that were certainly helpful. But, um, you know, it, the, the school of hard knocks when you're running your own business can be quite an effective teacher. So um, I had to I had to be a quick learner. It, it's kind of interesting that you're actually doing them both 
in lockstep that that basically you're moving here and starting a business at the uh, at the same time. So it's an, an interesting speculative question. Being over here on Salt Spring, what uh, what impact does that have, both positive and negative, on on running this business? I think in many ways it's pretty neutral. Um, you know, I've I've been able to, I, I, and I guess for me because I had spent quite a significant portion of my career in Vancouver. Um, you know, I, I was able to start with an awful lot of um, referrals and and you know sort of built-in references, uh, you might call them. Uh, so I was able to leverage that um, a, a fair amount. I think um, whether or not it's positive or negative, one of the things that it's really forced me to do is to become more. Uh, uh, savvy at lead generation, you know, outside of kind of traditional networking and and face to face sort of stuff. So that's and that really has started um, paying off more in the last year or so. So you know, looking at SEO, looking at you know, paying for ads and and um, you know, trying to build up backlinks and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think. You know, like any running any business on Salt Spring uh, or any sort of remote place, you, you have to be kind of resilient and you have to be resourceful and you have to um, you have to accept that this is the lifestyle that you chose and, you know, work within that. Um, so, you know, there are times that I think, oh, it would have been great if I had been able to go to that, you know, networky event last night in whatever place it is. Um, but, you know, the way the ferries worked, it would either have been an eight hour outing or just, you know, I couldn't get back in time and didn't want to pay for a hotel room. So you make you definitely have to make trade-offs. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned for them, you know, throughout this running this business is that um, the biggest unexpected activity I had to do was lead generation and sales. So, you know, people who think that they'll just hang up their shingle and, you know, suddenly they'll become, um, you know, the door will be knocked down by, uh, you know, barrage of people looking for their services, I think are, um, uh, kidding themselves because even after 12 years, I'm st- I still have to sell services. A couple of questions I wanted to ask you here. Do you think, and I know this is complete speculation, but say you had been running your um, digital training company in Vancouver or any other big city, do you think it's hurt you from a from a top line perspective to be on Salt Spring? Yeah, speculate. I don't necessarily think it's hurt me um, from a personal point of view, uh, moving here has reduced the amount of income required. And that was part of the whole, you know, thought process of moving here was, um, you know, a, a simpler life. And, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not paying for downtown parking. I'm not paying for endless dry cleaning. I'm not paying for lunches out constantly. Um, and, you know, in some ways, because I continue to work with the Vancouver market pretty closely, um, I make um, I don't know, probably a trip every couple of months over there. And it is uh, it's planned in advance. And I find that people will um, make time to meet with me if I say I am traveling into town on X date and would love to get together and check and see how things are going. It You know, they'll they'll certainly um, make time for me, which I think if I was living in the same city, um, you, you get an awful lot of, oh, we should get together or yeah, we should do that. And you 
never actually do that. So it, it kind of, in some ways, helps. Um, but, uh, you know, are there potentially missed opportunities because I'm here? I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Right, right. It's a tough question. So one of the things that you said you've been doing more recently, which is using um, digital marketing, SEO, and that kind of stuff to uh, to build up a sales funnel, does that extend your reach? So are you actually getting viable opportunities, say, outside of your previous core target market, which was Vancouver? Um, yes. I don't know how significant. I, I would say that, you know, the, the um, having a presence online in some form has always been helpful. So I have had a few clients over the years that have stumbled across me, you know, doing a web search or found me on a, um, you know, I wrote an article for some online magazine or something like that. So there, there always has been a little bit of that. Um and I think, uh, you know, right now I, uh, we've got clients in uh, Manitoba and in New, New Jersey, so outside of BC completely. Uh, and I've never, I've had clients like that over the years, never met them, you know, never, never had anything other than a, a virtual relationship with them. And, you know, people have been able to do that for years, so I don't think it necessarily changes anything. And I think, you know, I've had a couple of interesting leads that have come through more more SEO and and um, just watching keywords and and tracking what uh, you know what people are looking for so that we can get in front of more uh, more eyeballs but time will definitely tell on that right now we've been talking about the sales and marketing process and client management but for the delivery of your product which which requires design and development and testing and so on do you do it all yourself do you have other people that help you out? I do. I can do a lot of it myself. What I tend to do is work with clients on fixed to scope uh, projects. So we will divide it into a couple of phases. And the first one is always a scoping activity. And so we'll find out what their constraints are in terms of budget, in terms of timeline, uh, and what they're looking for. And if it's if they really need something custom developed, you know, from a has to be illustrated in a certain way or has to have certain you know, high production value components that I'm just not able to do. Uh, I'll, I've got a range of folks that I'll reach out to. Um, and if not, uh, usually there are small pieces I can uh, outsource or I can partner with others on. But, you know, the nature of the tools these days is uh, it's pretty significant. And, and certainly, um, you know, one of the bigger things I'm seeing now is all this uh, rise of the no code stuff. So being able to build an app from a Google. A Google spreadsheet or, you know, building websites with no, uh, you know, no need to code whatsoever and, and kind of bringing in plug and play type of tools. The design part comes more from the instructional side and the thinking through how is somebody going to practice this or, you know, what's what's the actual outcome that you're looking for? The media production, I think, is, you know, it's it's becoming easier and easier. Now, the next question, I don't want to make this seem like it's trite, but there's so many people that are now wanting to and looking at remote work of various types. Do you find that when you're working, I presume at home, that you're as productive as you were when you were previously worked in an office? Uh, I uh, I can be extremely productive and, you know, significantly beyond what I ever was in an office. And, you know, most offices in, in today's day and age are the, the open 
cubicle farms. So they're noisy and distracting and, and uh, hard to concentrate anyway. So, you know, from that point of view, I have, uh, I have the benefit of just mostly a, a quiet working environment. But, um, but I also have the distraction of, uh, you know, an ocean to go visit and trails to go walk on. So right, <laughs> that, right, right, that right, part right. I find, uh, I find challenging. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, managing your own energy. I think, you know, the flip side is that it can be quite uh, lonely. It can be quite um, hard to motivate yourself when it's just uh, you and you're on your own. So it's it's definitely something that, um, you know, you, you watch, you see where the ebbs and flows of energy are and try and work within your best, you know, kind of your best working um, time frame. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in hearing from from a variety of people on this because it's changed very quickly. So that, for instance, in in one of my businesses, I'd say more than half of our projects are no longer done on site, or if they are on site, they're only for a couple of days. And so about half of our employees are fine working at home, but the other half actually, you know, we had to go out and get a bigger office simply because some people still know that they they work best in an office environment and some people are able to work at home. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, there, there's no perfect solution, magic bullet, everybody likes this. Um, but I think, you know, you're also seeing um, co-working and, um, you know, sort of public spaces where those who are uh, remote or, or who are um, nomadic can go and, and get a bit of that social connection that they might be craving. Right. Now, I know you, you just mentioned uh, sometimes being lonely or, or disconnected, and you were one of the uh, co-founders of the uh, the digital community here that gets together on a, on roughly once a month um, a few years ago. How did you even know that it existed here? Well, uh, I can't say I was the founder, actually. It was um, a small group of folks who um, uh, started it, I think, like 2009, 2010. Um, and it started as a tweet up, I believe. It was sort of um, folks who were on Twitter and discovered, oh my gosh, there's other people on Salt Spring that <laughs> I'm meeting on Twitter. Right, and so right. they, they sort of organized a little bit of a tweet up and it grew very quickly. It started out with, you know, like six people, eight people, something like that. And as they began to advertise it it went to i think there was one meeting where you know it was close to a hundred people it was and it grew faster than the the people who were uh, organizing it could even you know they couldn't keep up um and the original approach was it was at local restaurants and it rotated around so it one month it would be here another month it would be there um Sometimes there was a guest speaker or an expert that came, but then it just stopped. It was too much for, for the people who were organizing it to, to maintain that. And it went into a bit of hibernation. It was a Ning group. So we had, I don't know if you remember the tool Ning, but it was like an online group tool uh, that was free. So everybody joined Ning and we were able to do a little bit of um, connection beyond that. And then I don't know if Ning went away or... I think the free version ended, and so we ended up becoming a Facebook group, and it kind of limped along like that for a bit. At some point, uh, Emma Louise and I got to talking about how much we, and that we had met at one of these digital groups, and we said, oh, it would be really great if this uh, started up again, and 
we looked at each other and we were like, well, it's not going to happen unless you and I do it. So we said, do you want to start it up again and see how it goes? And yeah, so I think about three years ago, we we um, put out the call and said, hey, we're interested in hosting this and, um, you know, just seeing who, who else is out there and uh, began having some of these regular meetings. And the kind of people that came were really fascinating. So it encouraged us to keep going. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I've been coming on and off for uh, about a year and a half. And it's one of the things that inspired me as well as where I'm going in my vocation now to start this podcast. But one of the things I've noticed is that uh, certainly I've been coming more regularly in the last year is that every meeting, there seems to be one to three new people, but who are new to Salt Spring. Has that always been the case? Or do you see that's increasing that we're getting more of this this type of uh, uh, digital worker coming yeah, over definitely, here? Definitely seeing an increase. When it first, when we first did it, it was uh, a lot of people who were working part-time on Salt Spring and were traveling back and forth to their you know, office in Victoria or Vancouver or whatever it was. And we're definitely seeing more and more uh, fully remote people and people who are brand new to Salt Spring and are coming, um, you know, with their either remote job or their digital business fully fleshed out or, you know, in, in a much more mature state. I mean, we still have quite a few people who are looking for ways to, they've been here a, a period of time and, um, think that perhaps there's a way to make some money uh, through a digital business. So those those people are there. But um, the thing that we're most encouraged about is not just uh, that they're new people, but they're younger. So yes, yes. Uh, I'm on the uh, one of the other roles I play here on Salt Spring is uh, on the Economic Development Commission. Right, right. Which is a volunteer body. Um, and I joined it because I thought I could really provide some uh, some service by building some business training. So that was sort of my angle of it, thinking, wow, this is what I do for a living. I can help build some training programs that could maybe support other um, small businesses or, or entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, when I joined the commission, I think I was uh, the I was definitely the youngest person on the commission, and um, we all discuss, discussed and decided how that concerned us. We wanted to see uh, a more diverse uh, population of all kinds, but certainly um, age demographics was one of the easier ones. And so we actually built a website, um, Opportunity Salt Spring, and one of the things we did was we built uh, a couple of uh, personas that that we wanted to use to um, attract more people here. So we had a persona, we called them Chris Creative, and we wanted to build content and we wanted to attract more Chris Creatives to come and um, and move to Salt Spring because we felt like they would have more ability to earn a decent living, would be, you know, kind of a light uh, or low impact activity uh, and would bring a new energy and, and a different demographic to the island uh, that would enrich it. We just thought it would be a good thing. Well, I'm not sure whether it directly inf- impacted it indirectly or not at all, but um, certainly anecdotally, the evidence is that there's more people and, as you say, younger people, and and hopefully I'll be able to feature some of them on this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. One last thing, you, you've talked about uh, joining the Economic Commission. How's the rest of the economic character of Salt Spring changing, do you think? Um, I don't know if it's changing significantly. I think, um, you know, so local mom and pop retail businesses are struggling 
it's a very running a small retail business is difficult when you're um, when your competition is basically Amazon, it's, it becomes even more challenging. Um, I think the um, the folks that are producing, uh, you know, small manufacturing type of um, situations where they're producing food products, uh, we're definitely seeing an increase in those. Um, and we're actively trying to support the small scale growth of those. So, you know, we don't think any of them really want to be huge uh, global behemoths, but um, most of them want to be able to earn uh, their living off the, the business that they've got. So uh, trying to get them to a stage where it's, uh, it's, you know, it sustains them uh, as a, either a family business or a small business. You know, construction has its own uh, ebbs and flows. Um, right, right. Uh, that's a fairly big uh, sector here. Um, we're really working on trying to boost the green sector, we call it. So um, we really think that there's opportunity to demonstrate that investing in green solutions, both at a sort of larger scale local government infrastructure perspective or um, just as a, uh, um, you know, way businesses operate could be a a win-win. So trying to demonstrate that that's a a positive thing for, you know, for a community to to be able to do both. And then I think, you know, the real increase has been around professionals and and, uh, digital workers. And in many ways, uh, like one of our challenges is we don't have business licenses licenses here on Salt Springs. So it's kind of hard for us to know how many businesses we actually have. We have to go through some census data and some, you know, some other sources of, of data to really try and paint a picture. But because we don't have a real direct um, understanding, it's it's a bit of a guess. Now, it's interesting because it's an issue that we're facing at uh, Gulf Island Community Radio as well, which is what is and, and how much change is there to the uh, the background of the island and making sure that we're going to be, be able to provide programming uh, for everybody on the island, not just for uh, seniors and retirees and so on. Anyway, thank you very much for, for uh, kicking things off with us, Holly. It's been uh, fascinating to find out about your uh, move to um, Salt Spring and look forward to talking to you and uh, other people uh, as we go forward. Yeah, well, good luck. I think it'll be a really interesting show. Um, like I said, in the digital group, I've met some fascinating folks, so I imagine there's lots of stories to tell. So look forward to hearing them. Thanks very much, Holly. It's been great talking to you. That's it for this episode. See you next time. <music>